Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. This is part two of the interview with Maid Marion, founder of the Women's Manila Hash in 1980, and we're going to talk about hashing since then in Australia. We were talking about your Manila ladies' history, but there's so much more to your hashing experience since then with inner hashes and with hashing in Sydney. Let's talk about Mother Hash, though. You've gone to Mother Hash for the anniversary events, inner hashes, and that was an all men's hash. But of course, there's co ed hashing in KL and the events. But tell us about getting to KL for inner uh, hash and the anniversaries. Well, usually go to KL via Bangkok mm-hmm. because we've had a relationship really with the Bangkok mixed hash and the, there's another hash there, the TDH3, mm-hmm. the thinking drinking hash right. and since about 2008, really for the 10 years between that and the mother hash celebration, we had been going to Bangkok. So we did the train from Bangkok, probably got up to lots of mischief and everything and ended up in KL which went and it was wonderful I mean it was great loved going to the Malacca Club the runs around there were interesting interesting part of the world it wasn't probably so much for me but as for my husband Scud because you know he had run with the KL hash there probably weren't oh here comes my coffee thank you there probably weren't that many people that he knew from the good old days I bet it was great. That was the the Rumble Back to Mother in 2018, organized by Whoremonger. Yes. And we stopped off in places like Hat Yai and other Thai and Malaysian hash kennels. Sorted out the runs on the way. We got off the train and there were runs for us and T-shirts and food, right? I don't remember doing the prelims. We have done all those places previously ah, okay. um, individually. But I can't remember actually doing it with the hash. We probably did a number of runs with um, Bangkok hash before leading up to that. So ah, okay. you probably did then were probably sort of the prelim. Yeah, Hornmonger arranged a train the week before the anniversary in 2018. And it was on the bus, on, onto the train, off the bus, onto off the train, onto a bus, onto a hash, back to a bus. Yeah, yeah. it was kind yeah. of. And and they are always such fun. We did one of those after the 2008 interhash in Perth. Ah. Uh, we went on to do very similar in Bangkok with the mixed hash there. They have the Bangkok red light run, which is always interesting. The main hash was going to be in Sukhothai, which is an, an ancient historic area. But the prelim was the train from Bangkok stopping at another historic site. Um, I'm not going to pronounce it correctly. Something like Ayutthaya. 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 Oh, well done. You know, and it's the, you know, another ancient royal city. The train stopped for, I think, a couple of hours. We had two hours to do our run. I joined up with a couple of Harriets. No sooner did we get off the train to do the run and return to the train, we got lost. And we got <laughs> lost in this ancient royal city. And even with the help of all the locals trying to direct us to get back to the train, we were just hopelessly hot and hopelessly lost and didn't bring any money with us. And by the skin of our teeth, we managed to get a punt 
across the river and just made the train with seconds to spare. <laughs> uh, and people sort of dragged us onto the train. I guess we've been very uh, sceptical about prelims on trains since then. <laughs> I still have nightmares thinking, oh, my God. I yeah, I have, I have a feeling train organisers might be a little sceptical about letting you on their trains too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, one of the Harriets and I, her name's Rancid, we have a terrible sense of direction. And the other one was, her name is Geographically Naive. And she's just as bad. So the three of us together was just such a bad combination. (laughs) Probably could have seen that coming, yeah. You're talking about having a relationship with TDH3 in Bangkok from Sydney. Yeah. How did that come about? Or Well, we've got a couple of the, the posh hash guys, you know, who've lived in Bangkok in previous times, really introduced us to the TDH3, which is actually a limited hash. So they have a limited number of runs and you really get invited along to go to keep the numbers down. A lady called Imelda, and I think it was Melanie, organised the runs mm-hmm. and... Um, or did then, and they were very organised. I mean, it was fabulous. Great food, great runs, organised the transport, the whole thing. And so whichever, if it be at Burma or Kuching or Lao, if they were doing a TDH3 run, we would always sign up to do one. It was just so organised. Or an always interesting countryside. Often if we were going somewhere, you know, for an interhash or another hash, we would do a TDH3 run if it was going. They often do one right before the weekend starts. I've been to do. I've been able to make a few of them. Imelda that you mentioned, she was also the GM of Chiang Mai Interhash in 2006. So people place her. Let me just ask you about another event that happens before most interhashes, and that's the Hammersley run. Have you been on a the, the Hammersley runs, which are from uh-huh. the opposite shore of Australia? Well, I have, because when the Intash was occurring in Perth in 2008, we had organised our own prelims. And then after the Intash, we also did runs with various hashes. Hammersley organised those as well. But I have to tell you, the Hammersley um, appeals to an, a number of, the guys' hashes, but the women's hash hates the Hemsley hash. Okay. <laughs> Maybe justifiably so, but for those who don't understand, why is it that they uh, hate it? Oh, it, it's um, it's just, well, you know, look, I did the vodka train hash. Half of Hemsley were in my carriage. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking a pint and a half of vodka a day, yeah. So, so that so I guess that gave me an insight into their hash, which is, you know, and that's sort of typical Perth in a way. You know, it has a lot of rough edges. Look, that's okay for one or two runs, but if you're on a terrain with them <laughs> weeks in, you know, you're going to their run, it sort of starts to wear a bit. They're, they're infamous, you might say, but in the wrong sort of way. <laughs> well, a lot of people only get to experience them as the Hammersley away hash before interhash, and it's it's a, one event. But it is pretty memorable, and they are pretty unique and distinctive. And yeah, and I think that's the idea. <laughs> yeah. You have this connection 
with Australia hashing, a lot of Australia hashes seem to have had their origin in Asia, like many hashes. A lot of the Australian hashes came directly from Mother Hash or Bangkok or one of these early hash clubs. The people came back to Australia and started hashing in their tradition. Yeah, that that's right. I mean, really, and that's what you expect from hashes, really, that they have some hash origin and they bring it back and and start off. It's not always the case, but uh, now, but uh, that was what used to happen in the the eighties, seventies, eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we talked about your founding of the Manila Women's Hash upon. Eventually getting to us back to Australia, you started hashing there in Sydney. And how many hashes were running in Sydney then? How, what did, how did you start out hashing in Sydney? Well, immediately when I came back, I didn't do too much. I was living in an area called the Central Coast. And I went on, I think I went on a couple of runs with them. But I was in Sydney for a year before I moved to England. I didn't have the, the pleasure of being able to leave work, uh-huh. you know, on a Monday to go hashing. And so even when I went to England, running around the streets of London didn't appeal to me. And it really wasn't until I moved to Hong Kong that I thought, yes, you know, I really want to get back into this. But again, work pressures being so, that's why it wasn't really until I got back to the Philippines or got to the Philippines. Uh, and I thought now I can, I've got time, you know, I want to do this again. It's often the time constraints, I think, with people in these places, even in Asia, when you, you know, sometimes you've got drivers and things, it's not always easy to. So really, my hashing really took a big pause after the Philippines. Right. Well, let's talk about when it resumed in uh, Sydney. Yeah. And it really was through the men's hash that it resumed because my husband was uh, he when he, we came here, he was with a couple of hashes, the larrikins and the posh hash and a hash that we're still with now, which is a Thursday night, sort of very small mixed group. They used to organise a lot of activities for couples and families. And one of the big things they organised, they used to have this a relay. They would invite other hashes as well. And there would be hundreds and hundreds of people. We'd book up hotels and they would have relay races of all different persuasions so you'd have a barking leg a running leg a walking leg a swimming leg Mm. and partners could get involved in any of those legs and really that's how I started to get get back into it we had one absolutely memorable one we we had a, a terrible series of murders here called the backpacker murders years ago and there's a, a forest called Belangelo Forest and they organised a run, a relay through there. And my task was to drive the four-wheel drive and pick up any strays that might be lost right. and reconnect them with the run. But this is a creepy place, this forest. I was picking up all sorts of weird and wonderful people. I didn't know who I was collecting half the time. And in the end, you know, I just had the car locked and they would just hang on to the board at the side of the car and I dropped them off um, <laughs> they didn't, you didn't even let them in the cabin just in case I, just, they, they, I just thought they're all murderers <laughs> um, so, I mean you're in the middle of nowhere it was quite daunting we did some wonderful things and 
and I really think after that I thought you know I yeah as soon as I'm able uh, because I had small children I really want to do more of this and so it was thanks to the, the posh hash really who are still running strong today the average age is sort of probably 78 mm-hmm. um, but they're a great bunch they actually had the oldest hash member in the world Darwin Don who passed away probably about 18 months ago now he was on stage I think at Fiji Interhash 2018 yeah marvelous man absolutely yeah well I I remember he had a great line they brought him up I think on stage as the eldest hasher and they had the president of Fiji on stage and he asked him how he liked the event and he said oh it's been great said the lunch wasn't very good throw away the sandwich and eat the box (laughs) (laughs) he was great great humor all the way through yeah uh, who are some of the posh hashers? Is that TikTok? Yeah, TikTok is still going strong. He kayaks with us now and he still rides uh, Khaleesi, uh, Yak Yak, right. um, Center Point, Music Man. Yeah. You probably would know them. Really were sort of a, a little group that we often did a lot of things with. They were always good for a skit at Interhash and so on, and I emceed a lot, so I got to know them. Very nice guys. Very good performers and ready to be very flexible as it has to be at Interhash. You probably came across my husband and Scud because he's always in the troop. Yep. I don't know what he has to say about me. Sometimes I'm back there trying to direct traffic of the axe and hurting the rats that are or hurting, <laughs> hurting the cats that are backstage <laughs> Trying to get on, get on, and uh, scheduling's changing, and everything else. Yeah, that's great. Let's talk about the other hashes. You know, understanding of events that not everybody gets to. So, another of your favorite events was the Mekong in into China. Yeah, the Mekong, Mekong. and yeah, we're very regular. We go to all of those if we can. And those are every two years somewhere on the, along the Mekong River, the Mekong yeah. Delta, right? Yeah, and again, the numbers are uh, capped, which means that you really you get to you know know get to know people, and like it's hard. Interhash is a very different animal. The Mekong hash is just a great number of people to get together. You get to go on the runs, and they're all organised. I think in Asia, uh, it is easier to organise those things. You've got a lot more helpers. Food's always wonderful, and the territory is is. Is fabulous. So yeah, we've been to Myanmar a couple of times, running there, Kuching, well, Kuching, Malaysia. That was into Hash, Laos, Kunming. You know, that were just all great, great events to to do. Um, we'll certainly do more of those. Yeah, I think the the most recent Mekong Indochina had to get postponed for COVID, and then the next one was again to be in Myanmar, and there were. Uh, maybe a little bit uptick in political stress going on there so well yeah but i hope that comes back online soon yeah it's a tricky one we were there when the elections were on and uh internet was down for the entire day and there was no one on the streets it was a bit of a warning what could happen um an interesting place we were would have gone politically it's so unstable have you traveled and managed to hash anywhere else? I haven't hashed in the Americas. I have hashed in Europe. I do like the jungle. I think for me, that's the most uh, fun. 
I didn't go to the barley into hash, but I had been to barley before hashing. Mm -hmm. And I went with a couple, a couple of other hashes and we hashed every other day. And mm -hmm. it really, to me, it just stands out. It's probably amongst the best hashing I've ever done. It was unbelievably brilliant. For people like you who have been started hashing you know four or five decades ago even with breaks and have been a big part a lot of people will just say well inner hash isn't the ideal place to even maybe have a hash but you do get to see people that you've met over the years from all over the world yeah you can you know you try to reconnect the thing is you haven't seen them for years and you've all grown older in the interim <laughs> so it's it's certainly an experience and it's the catalyst to take you to really interesting places mm -hmm. and the events. I mean, when we went to the Brussels uh, into Hash and one of the runs was at the Battle of Waterloo. Right. Well, it was absolutely. I mean, we, we had a boat in Europe for years and we'd been into Brussels and seen quite a lot of Brussels. I'd never been to, to Waterloo. And for me, that was so memorable. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And... And I think that's what the hash does. It takes you to places that you otherwise wouldn't have gone to. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have a good laugh. You meet some colourful characters. You can really, you can let your hair down. You know, yeah. there's no judgment. Great. And you laugh, you laugh, you laugh, you laugh, and, and come back home to your normal life. Talk about what is hashing like in Australia there and Sydney. Your formative part was Asia, Manila. So what is how is hashing different in Australia? Is, is there an Australian style of hashing or a regional part of Australia style hashing? We talked about Hammersley distinctive. I think it probably is different in different parts. Um, Sydney has many hashes. You can hash here any night of the week. And there's offshoots which have developed as people have become probably less athletic one of the offshoots kayaking there's cycling which i know a lot of hashes have now there's walking and running we probably i would say certainly on the east coast of australia in the sort of a sydney environs probably are less fond of having long circles mm -hmm. uh, in, in western australia like hammersley you know they really like the circles um and uh, probably queensland as well Sydney, the circles are not quite the same. You know, I think the English have got the best. You know, they are quite witty and mm -hmm. funny and the circles don't draw out where, and I think that's kind of like Sydney tastes really. We don't like to have them draw out. There's some beautiful countryside in New South Wales. The runs are gorgeous through national parks and lots of parkland. In Western Australia, it's dry, dusty. Yeah, big <laughs> um, desert, yeah. And Queensland, it's dry, it's dry, it can be tropical and very hot. So the environment, I suppose, changes things up a bit. Were you in Sydney for the Olympics? I actually was living in New Zealand. Ah. But I came back to Sydney for the Olympics. I thought, I can't miss the Olympics. And, uh, I, and I know that, you know, we and one of the hashes, the posh hash, they were actually involved in the opening ceremony. Yeah. Uh, and were you hashing at, well, at any time while you were in New Zealand? I didn't. I think I mentioned before about finding the group that connects with you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that 
that was necessarily going to happen. It certainly didn't happen for my partner. You know, they weren't the sort of group, that, that particular group that he ran with a couple of times, he didn't really connect with. You know, when you are on the committee of a hash, you have a bit of an obligation to respect new people who come along. Mm-hmm. And not all hashes do that. You leave with the thinking that, well, they don't want to run. They want to stop every five seconds and have a beer. Um, you know, they this sort of thing. And that really sort of puts you off. Um, and in New Zealand at that time, that was the runs that my partner went on. You know, they wanted to stop every five minutes and have a beer. And he'd been at work all day and he wanted to have a run. Mm-hmm. So we never got involved with the New Zealand hash. I'm sure it's probably you have different committees, things change up. But at that particular time, that's what it was like and it just didn't suit us. And that's just changed over time. There's more clubs in different cities. Have you been to the Aussie Nash Ashes? Uh, I was on my way to the one in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, it's been postponed a couple of times now, right? Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, they've postponed it next year and I can't make that particular week. I would uh, love to go because I have heard it's great. Yeah, I think Chesty is the organiser. Right, yeah. So I'm going to have to go to the one after that. Uh, yeah, I'm, and I love Adelaide. So, yeah, I'm really sad I, I can't make that one. And I'm sure it'll be terrific after having postponed it twice. Yeah. They'll, it'll, they'll put great effort into it. It'll be wonderful. Well, who are some other, apart from the ones in Sydney, are there any other memorable Australian hashers, uh, either from that you'd like to forget from Hammersley or other memorable people? <laughs> yeah, we've done um, some runs with the Brisbane hash, uh, and that was that was great. And we've done some away trips with them. We sort of used to organise within the Sydney and Queensland hashes sort of we were taking turns of organising, you know, long weekend events. And mm-hmm. so we did a few up in Queensland. Very good. There's a fellow up there, Wagga Rod. He used to be a, an ex-poshman. He moved up to Queensland. And another great organiser of things like that. Yes, again, great fun. Always involved, you know, the beautiful scenery up there and get an opportunity for a swim. Yeah, lovely. How are the hashes in Sydney doing with getting young people to join for the future? Of the- yeah, it it had certainly been a problem. The sons of people not so willing because they have gyms, etc. But mm-hmm. of recent times, I certainly know some of the more athletic kennels have got younger people in because, you know, some of the older guys, you know, are really still pretty good runners. Mm-hmm. And the posh hash, they're now seeing some younger runners join, which is great because a few years ago they felt that that particular hash would die out with them. Now there's younger members who've come on board. You know, when I say younger members, 40, 50, mm-hmm. <laughs> and some 30s. They seem to enjoy the company of the older guys too. Nice young man. And I think initially, I, I think people are a bit surprised by sort of the rowdy, happy, happy-go-lucky group and the way the hashing a trail works and everything. It's quite fun. And mm. actually, my daughter's here from London before lockdown. I took her on some runs and she's grown up with hashing anyway. She just loved it. She just you found herself running with people from all different walks of life and 
having a real laugh and really enjoying it. So I think there's hope that once younger people get a taste of it and realise, you know, we're all well-meaning and there's no obligation on people, I think they, they enjoy it. What does your daughter have a hash name? Missile. Missile. And is she a regular hasher back in the UK? No, they wanted to be, but again, she lives in London and, you know. No jungle. No jungle, grey skies. (laughs) (laughs) The Thursday hash there, is that the Thirsty Thursday hash? Is that what it's called? Um, No. So ours, there is a Thursday hash, Thirsty hash, good runners. Um, ours is really, it's called the FTGG. It's just an offshoot that's been going for a long time. It's kind of not an official, official hash. It's just a little offshoot, you might call it. What do those letters stand for? Well, years ago, there was a pub called, and still is, the Green Gate in Kalara. Uh-huh. And there was an altercation. And it's, so FTGG is, fuck the Green Gate. <laughs> Well, that's too bad they're not an official hash and putting that on T-shirts then. Yes, so that's that's the name. And we've never been back to the Green Gate. (laughs) Is Scud there? Yeah. Would you like to meet him? Yeah, let's do some story verification now. Okay, let me just go and call him. Raj, do you want to come in and meet some? If you sit there and then you can get some some visual... Hi. Yeah, so I've been talking to Maid Marion. We we did a whole episode about the starting of the Manila women's hash. Yeah. Back in 1980. Where did you start? When and where did you go to your first hash? Oh, I started hashing with the mother hash in 1970 or 71. Wow. Now we're moving to an episode with another member of the family, Scud. That's the end of the interview with Maid Marion. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher voices, hasher stories, hasher history. New episodes every week. Till next time, On On. This is Ra. To close the circle, here's the hash anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet child.